I don't sing, I don't dance, I don't do those anymore, anything I don't show, you won't try here anymore. The first episode of your favorite show was probably not amazing. This is an abundant amount of information to communicate to you, and so very little time to do so. So get ready, because this is the first episode of Too Old to Date, and I'm about to throw a lot of words your way before we get to the funny stuff. Michael is 35 years old. Today he moves from a Rockland County suburb north of New York City to his new Manhattan apartment on the Upper West Side. Michael's move was made necessary by his recent divorce from Jacqueline. Michael had been married to Jacqueline since the age of 23. Today, Michael is feeling cautiously optimistic about his future happiness, as he has resigned himself to six months of focusing solely on finding what truly makes him happy as an individual. He waits on the corner, boxes in hand, for help in moving his personal belongings into his new apartment. Bradley is 32 years old, and yesterday he promised his friend Michael that he would help him move at 10 in the morning. It's currently 11.15. One month ago, Bradley was unceremoniously dumped by a woman he cared for deeply after an intense, contentious six-month relationship. Two weeks later, he was laid off from his mid-level marketing job. Though rough around the edges, Bradley was always a generally positive person. Today, 75 minutes late to help his friend move, Bradley is indifferent to his circumstances. He stumbles around the street corner, fidgeting with his earbuds. As he crosses the street to greet Michael, he narrowly avoids being hit by a Mazda Miata. Brad, there's a car right... Are you wearing sweatpants with dress shoes? Who cares, man? The clothes, the car, none of it matters. None of us make it out of here alive. Well, can we get the stuff up to my new apartment before you die? Yeah, man. Uh, is this all you have? Yep, I uh, got rid of most of my shit in the divorce. Trying this whole living minimally thing. Like, I want to get rid of all the unnecessary shit in my life. And I, I read this book that you're just only supposed to have the things in your life that you kind of love the most. Okay, um, I'm going to say this to you because I'm your friend, okay. but you should never say those okay. words in that order ever again. All right, all right, fair enough. All right, let's get the stuff upstairs. Okay. Bradley and Michael gather the boxes and ascend the stairs to Michael's new home. They enter. Wow, this place sucks. On the bright side, though, it's going to look great when you put your no stuff in it. <laughs> Shut up, dude. It's not that bad. No, for real. It's going to be great for bringing back girls and not having sex with them. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. I'm not planning on bringing any girls up here for a while. Aren't you on the rebound? Yeah, but I'm not going to be going out to, like, bars and hitting on a bunch of random girls and trying to bring them back to my place. It's ridiculous to me that you think that people hit on people at bars anymore. So what am I supposed to do? Just download an app. I'm good. I'm not really a dating app kind of guy. I'm just a... Everyone's a dating app kind of guy? What are you worried about? I'm worried about, like, running into people that I work with and, like, just generally being embarrassed by it. Yeah, but that means that they're on the app also. It's fine. (laughs) Here, give me your phone. All right, fine. Here you go. Michael hands Bradley the phone. Unlock your phone and give me your phone. Bradley returns the phone to Michael. Michael unlocks the phone and hands it back to Bradley. Okay, so there's a bunch of different apps, and a lot of them have a lot of different rules, and... Some of them are like more specific to what kind of person you are, but you're a pretty vanilla, nondescript human being. Thank you. You're welcome. So I'm just going to download the most shit showy of apps. You swipe right if you like someone's face. You swipe left if you don't like someone's face. And if they like your face and they swipe right, you guys match. Okay? And then you can talk. And you talk on the app before exchanging numbers. 
Uh, let's see. Do you have photos of yourself on your phone? Wow, you have a lot of photos of yourself on your phone. Jesus, man, you're a selfie king. <laughs> All right, so let's just put those right into the app. Uh, let me swipe here. Yeah, you got a match. She, oh, she's pretty hot. Check her out. Bradley hands Michael the phone. Oh, yeah, she is kind of hot. Okay, so I just say hi. Wait, okay, never mind. She just messaged me. Hey, sexy, I love your pics. Um, I just got out of a relationship, but I was looking for meaningless sex. For 300 roses, I'm yours all night. Why, why is she asking me for roses? Why 300 roses? Oh, sorry, man. Can I have that? Roses aren't roses. This girl's a whore. But she wants 80 roses for a BB... BJ? Yeah, prostitutes will do that. You're not ready for a BBBJ. How can you tell she's You're not ready for any kind okay. of BB anything. <laughs> uh, here, let me keep swiping for you. Okay. Actually, you know what? Why don't you swipe? Michael keeps swiping. All right. All right, I match this one. So what do I say? Well, what does she say in her profile? Like, she just says something about her height. Well, is she crazy tall? No, no, she's 5'3". Well, then that's fine. Just ask her how her day's going. Well, what if she'd been crazy tall? Well, then she wouldn't want you. Okay, well, I got another one. Um, this girl... Oh, wait, hold on. This girl already messaged me. Man, women really have gotten aggressive lately. Um, okay. Oh, she's really hot. Wait, look, is she real? Uh, she could be real, but she's super hot and she messaged you first. Okay. Uh, she could be a bot. It's a bot. Doesn't matter. Why don't you just message her and see if she messages you back? Like, is a bot a good thing? No. no. Okay. Um, all right. Hey, I'll just... Whatever. Okay. Hey, how's your week going? You're a poet. <sighs> okay. She just messaged me back. She, all right, she's on the Upper East Side. She's horny. Dude, this is escalating really quickly. Now she's saying I can do whatever I want to her. Hold up, except for <laughs> she says she doesn't want me to pee on her. Why in the fuck would I want to pee on her? But she doesn't want you to pee on oh, her. I don't want to pee on her. Well, it doesn't matter because she doesn't want you to pee on her. I just don't, like, has she been peed on a lot? Like, I don't want to, I don't know if I want to. Like, go meet somebody who's been peed on a lot. You're really hung up and judgmental about this pee thing. Well, the pee thing, thing might be completely unrelated to sex. So you're saying it could be like a jellyfish thing? I'm sorry, what? Like, you know, like you get stung by a jellyfish and you pee on it. Like, somebody pees on it and it helps the stinging and the burning go away. Why do you think that's a thing? That's a thing. It's totally a thing. That was a thing on Friends, but it's not a thing. I feel like it's a thing. Mike, how much of your life is based around what you learned on Friends? Do you know that Friends is on Netflix now? Oh, my God. Okay, you can decide between the nice girl and the pee girl about who you want to go out with, but I actually have a date myself, yeah. so I'm going to hit the road. And good luck to you. Get after it. Bradley departs Michael's apartment so that Michael could get after it. Several hours later, we find Bradley in his own pursuit of romance. He now sits on a barside stool beside Elizabeth, a 28-year-old event planner for a law firm who enjoys rock climbing on Thursday mornings. Though Elizabeth's dating profile says that she's looking for a man with a good sense of humor and a strong relationship with his family, she reluctantly admits to her friends that she finds good hair and cockiness to be her paramount criteria for a suitable mate. And I totally thought I'd have to have surgery, but they were actually able to get it out of me in the ambulance. Uh, that's pretty gross. You know, you don't have to tell every story that pops into your head. Bradley and Elizabeth are as aware as you are of the painfully long pause between them. Okay, pivot. Uh, so I read this article, and it references a psychiatrist who claims that he discovered the secret to falling in love. Uh, the basic idea is that you and your date take turns answering 36 questions, and they get more and more personal as they go on. And after you ask the last question, you stare into each other's eyes for four minutes, and then you fall in love. It's supposed to create the same kind of bond that you'd have by dating someone for a long time. Really? Yeah, either that or it makes you repulsed by your date. 
So you up for giving it a try? I'm not great at staring contests. It's not really a staring contest. Okay, L- let's do the questions. But I don't know if I can look in your eyes for four minutes without it getting awkward. Well, we're two adults who are at least relatively low on the autism spectrum, so I think <laughs> we'll survive this. Just hold on a sec, I'll bring it up on my phone. Bradley removes his mobile phone from his pocket, careful to keep the screen from Elizabeth's vantage, in fear that he may have received text messages or dating application notifications from other women. Okay, first question. Bradley and Elizabeth take turns asking each other the questions on Bradley's phone. Stories are exchanged about their childhoods and their social lives. The conversation becomes more colloquial, familiar, and flirty, Now, sitting several inches closer to each other than they were before this exercise began, Elizabeth asks, Is this the part where we stare at each other and fall in love? Oh, so now you're ready for the staring contest. (laughs) I guess so. Either that or we'll hate each other, right? But one way or another, it'll make for a good story. Bradley sets a timer on his mobile phone for four minutes. He and Elizabeth begin to gaze into each other's eyes. Immediately, the other bar patrons melt away. The ambient noise fades to nothing and they peer deeply into each other's souls. They trade knowing smiles and curious raises of the eyebrow. Without realizing it, they begin to lean toward each other. And just as their lips seem poised for a kiss, Bradley realizes that by turning the volume up on his mobile phone to hear the timer go off, he has allowed for incoming phone calls to cause his device to ring out throughout the bar. Bradley breaks his gaze and looks at his phone, realizing that it was not the timer going off, but rather Michael calling, interrupting his date. I'm sorry, but this could actually be pretty funny. I'll put it on speakerphone. Hey, man. Brad, yeah, hey, listen, man. Um, uh, I'm in a little bit over my head here, and I need your help. Okay, so the girl, the 5'3 girl, I was on a date with her. Um, everything's going well, but the other girl started texting me, like, super sexual stuff. So uh, I thought about the, what you said about getting after it. So I left the 5'3 girl, and now the other girl? Like, she's being really adamant about me going out and getting fucked up uh, before I head over there. I don't know if that's a thing. Is that normal? Like, do I should, like, do you think I should do that? I don't... Mike, you're on speakerphone. I'm with Beth. Oh, hey, Beth. Oh, good. Oh, sweet. Okay, so you guys are still at the bar. Okay, I'm on my way. No, Mike, 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 don't come here. Oh, no, 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 it's fine. I'm just around the corner. I'll, I'll pop in just for a minute. Bradley hangs up the phone and turns to Elizabeth. We're going to have to go somewhere a little less Mike adjacent. Yeah, that sounds good. Michael enters. Hey, what's going on? Oh, hi, I'm Mike. Nice to meet you, Mike. Oh, great to meet you, too. Um, is it cool if I join you guys? I mean, I just need to figure out what the hell is going on with this girl, and then, you know, I'm out of here. No, not cool, man. We're going to get going. Shit, man, I'm sorry. I, I thought this was okay. You need to chill out about what's going on with you tonight. Just sit over there and have a few drinks, and do me a favor and don't blow up anyone else's spot tonight. Bradley bids Robert, the bartender, a quick and quiet farewell. He exits the bar with Elizabeth. I'm really sorry about that. That's okay. What happened there? So he just got divorced, and he's going on his first date tonight. And the girl he's meeting is a huge train wreck. It's almost definitely not going to end well, but it'll be good for him to get back out there. And, uh, I don't know, I think it'll be okay in the long run. But, you know, it's beautiful out. Should we finish the long gaze out here? I actually live right around the corner. Do you want to grab a few drinks and finish there? That sounds very good. Hmm. Cool. Are you sure your friend's going to be okay? Absolutely not. Meanwhile, back at the bar, Michael addressed Robert. Robert is a 27-year-old mountain of a hirsute man with a secret taste for the finer things in life, though one would never know it based on his appearance. He wore a winter beanie even in the warmest of weather, hiding his receding hairline and matching perfectly his red flannel shirt and the gray behind his formidable beard. Hey, Rob, can I get a uh, a whiskey on the rocks? Sure thing. 
What was that little episode all about? I'm fine. No, it's I, I'm just getting back out there a little bit, and I'm doing online dating for the first time, and uh, it's just throwing me off a little bit. Like, there's this girl on the Upper East Side who just she just really wants me to come over to her place and have sex with her. She's being super sexually aggressive. Wait, 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 wait. So your problem is that you have a strange woman that wants to have sex with you? Yeah, I mean, it's... I just, I've only had sex with one person for like the last 12 years, so it's all new territory for me, and I'm just not really that comfortable <laughs> with it. You're overthinking this. Okay. Finish your drink. Now, drink another. When you're finished, go over to that nice young woman's apartment and never complain about this ever again. All right, uh, fair enough. Robert hands Michael a second whiskey with ice and his bill. Um, Rob, there's, oh wait, hold on, there's actually like six drinks on this check? That's for you, Brad, and his friend. Son of a bitch. Michael finishes his drink, pays his bill, and hails a taxi cab. His legs begin to weaken from a combination of nerves and adrenaline as the cab moves closer and closer to his destination. Upon arrival, Michael approaches the door and rings the buzzer for apartment 3B. A familiar harsh buzz rattles out of the intercom and Michael enters the narrow hall of an early 20th century brownstone. As he ascends the stairs, he cannot tell if the walls are narrowing or if his nerves are making him feel claustrophobic. He reaches the door and takes several deep breaths. He knocks. The door opens and the apartment inside is completely dark. Hello? Michael barely gets the word out before he feels an index finger with a long fingernail touching his lips. The finger slides from his lips, down his torso, and then pivots to grab his hand. Alright, so, oh, you're just taking me back. Okay, um... All right, here we go. Getting after it in uh, 2017. Okay. Oh, wait. Um, oh, so we're going to the bathroom. Okay, I thought it would be the bedroom. Um, okay. Oh, you, uh, you're turning the water on. Um, I guess you're in the... Okay, water stuff. Here we go. Okay. Um, no. Um, no. Um, no, you can't You can't get my belt off that way. You have to... No, you have to twist it. You have to twist it. Just twist it. Uh, no, I'm, hold on. I'm going to turn the lights on. Michael throws his hand against the wall in a desperate attempt to find the light switch. The linoleum-lined room fills with light. Holy shit! Who who are you? Wait, what the fuck is going on? Are you wearing a wig? Are you a guy? Why are you a guy? So was it a guy? No, not a guy, but just, you know, not a girl either. I just, I couldn't do it. Like, I like to think about myself as being this sex-positive, very open-minded. I mean, I listen to Dan Savage. But, like, I just didn't want to offend her. So I thought to myself, like, I don't know, maybe I can do this. Like, is it just, is it less offensive if I do it? <laughs> I mean, I just, I got out of there. I couldn't do it. <laughs> that was one hell of a thought process, my friend. Yeah. Are you okay? I just, I, I just had to go. So I take it you didn't get fucked up before you went? No, I didn't. I was out on a date and I just, I had like one drink and that was it. What do you think her end game was? Um, I don't really know. I mean, we talked about it for a while and from what it sounds like, she just liked it when dudes went out and they got fucked up. And they would just kind of come over there and be like, have her on the down low. like. But then they would see that it wasn't the girl from the photos. Wait, hold on. Let's back up. Who was the girl from the photos? It was just some girl she went to college with that she thought was hot and would lure guys. And why were you in the bathroom? <laughs> we were in the bathroom because she didn't want to wake anybody else up in the apartment. Oh, she has a lot of roommates? No, like her family. Like her mom, dad, little brother, little sister. There were children in there? Yeah, there were children in there. She just had to move back in with her family. Believe me, we talked about it for a while. Uh, how 
you know, because the biggest problem is that she shouldn't be inviting strange men into her apartment at 2 a.m. when there are kids in there. Talked for a while. How long were you there? Hours. Hours? Oh, so you had to stay quiet while you fucked him. So, sorry, sorry. I'm, I, I can see you're upset. While you fucked her. Ah, uh, fuck you, man. Um, we just sat outside and talked on the stoop for a while. So you got straight catfished. Kind of. You're lucky you didn't get hurt. Yeah, I mean, that was a, kind of a concern. Like, I was going over there not knowing anything, and the whole thing seemed so strange. I was worried there was just going to be, like, some... Like massive, like big, muscly dude there, and just kick my ass. Oh, that him. makes sense. You're af- you're upset that there wasn't a massive, big, muscly dude to kick your ass while he fucked you. God, I hate you. That's what you're into now, big, muscly dudes. You just want to find a big, muscly guy to muscle you, right? <laughs> that the hot girl from the photos, she was just a red herring. Listen, you know you're the reason I got into this shit, right? Like you're with your get after in 2017 nonsense. One, I never said 2017. I thought you. You didn't say 2017? Nope. Two, you were on a date with a perfectly nice young lady who was probably going to be your future wife before you ditched her to go to this psychopath's house. And three, I'm proud of you, man. You got after it. And you got to third base, so that's awesome. There were no bases. I don't know how much more clear I can be about this. There were no bases. Nothing sexual happened. I should have just told you that I fucked that girl in the pictures and that'd be the end of it. Yeah, but you don't lie to me. That's not you. And that's why I love you, man, because you're always going to tell me all the bad stuff that happens to you. But you didn't tell me one thing. Mm. What did her tongue taste like? Did it taste like sandalwood and testosterone? Uh, I don't know. It tasted like disappointment. No, nothing. There was no basis. Listen, man, I didn't kiss her. Nothing sexual happened. Please understand that. Brad, I just, can you please, I, like, I'm kind of freaking out here. Can you please just help me out, please, for just a second? Yeah, but dude, you don't need help. You're fine. You got out there, and I'm really proud of you. You met a new person. Look, had none of this happened, you would have just been sitting at home alone doing nothing tonight, putting your terrible apartment together. I think it's a great thing that you went out. And listen, I can see you're shaking, so I'm just going to ask you one question because I want to help you out. Okay. What did it feel like when she peed on you? Oh, my God. There were no bases. Too Old to Date was created by Mike Tanzillo and Brad Garoon. This episode was written by Brad and Mike with production assistance from Toby Singer. Our theme music is Loveless by GoGo Ghost. Stalk us on social media at Too Old to Date. If you have questions, comments, or the unbearable desire to be an angry troll, email us at info at twooltodate.com. Want to share your dating stories? Give us a call at 718-559-1040 and leave us a message with your story. If we get really good ones, we'll play them on the show. For more info, visit twooltodate.com. And while you're there, consider leaving a donation. It will help us make more shows, pay for more dates, and... Maybe give the narrator a raise. Darkest night, and we will glow in our places anymore. Guess you're right, and I was too. We won't try you anymore. And the thought of existing so close to the core. I've been missing